When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And welcome into Poke the Bear, episode 193. That's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. Connor, what is up? Evan, I'm doing well. How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Uh, I am, uh, you know, prior to Monday night's Bruins game against the Avalanche, in which they lost 4-3 to three in a shootout, uh, there was a big bit of breaking NHL news. That I feel like you and I could dive into a little bit, give our thoughts on, uh, and I think you might have some passionate thoughts uh, because of uh, your own history with the fine institution that you went to for college. Uh, but Cutter Gauthier was traded from the Philadelphia Flyers, or his rights were traded to Anaheim for Jamie Drysdale in a second round pick. Uh, and I, Connor, I know you saw it last night. I'm guessing our listeners saw it as well. Uh, Philly was very clear in their messaging after that trade of basically screw Cutter Gauthier, <laughs> like big time screw Cutter Gauthier. Uh, and they were, they, you know, Torts didn't pull any punches, Briere, Keith Jones. Uh, yeah. Uh, but what did you think of it? What did you think of that whole shebang? Well, you know, those BC guys, Evan, can I say I'm sur- No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I mean, listen, we've always talked on this show about, you know, uh, supporting the players, let them get the bag, what have you. And it's players' rights to, you know, say, you know, if they're unhappy. But that being said, when you tell a team that you're, you know, in the lead up to the draft process, it's not like they just didn't talk to him for the entire fucking lead up to the draft. And he says he's, he's bought in and then gets ghosted months afterwards. It seems like based on what Danny Brie said, um, like, I, I don't know what you do if you're, if you're the team there, except you have to kind of cut your losses and get a, uh, again, Jamie Drysdale's young, but he's played a lot. He's been dealing with injuries. Like it's, you know, I, it just, I think stinks because one, I, I not a huge fan of the city of Philadelphia. Sorry to any people who mm. live in Philadelphia, but mm. the NHL is also, I think a lot better when the flyers are good. And yes. like, I think they've been making actually some pretty good strides and making some like, unlike most teams who are like kind of building a little bit, and then they just make really fucking dumb decisions that like mess up the rebuild. Like Columbus had something built and they get like Goudreau and now it's all kind of out of whack. Like, like Philly, what they have under new leadership and, you know, getting like Michkov, who's not ready for a couple of years, but like has high ceiling, but they're looking to 26, 27. Adding a guy like Gautier, who, I mean, you look at how Philly's playing right now, like hell, he would have been a great addition in March or April if they made the playoffs, which looked like they're, building towards that at least right now um it sucks it sucks for the flyers fans like 
And I, I think if you're a Bruins fan, just put yourself in that sh- in those shoes. If you were ever in a spot where everything bottoms out, everything that can go wrong will go wrong in terms of that, you know, kind of retool they tried a few years ago. You're finally kind of reaping the benefits of kind of sucking for a couple of years. You get a top five pick who's lighting it up in the NCAA where you're like, oh, shit, like this. I think we've, we've hit on this guy. And then you you swap him. You have to swap him for, you know, a young player, but not, I think, the same return. Like Drysdale could be maybe a top four guy, but he's not a potential top line player like Gautier is. So uh, sucks for, you know, Flyers fans, I think, is the biggest thing. And I think Flyers organization, you know, should they have done maybe more homework? I don't know. But um, when I think it seems like they at least are building towards something pretty good there to have it be kind of derailed like this. It sucks. It sucks. And you know what? It sucks for Cutter Gauthier when he goes back to Philly because <laughs> I, I was going to say, I, I don't know who the, the president of the Flyers is, but that guy was like, well, you know what Philly people do when they throw batteries at people? I'm like, all right, old man, like don't <laughs> condone like throwing batteries at like a fucking like a teenager, 20 year old, however old Cutter Gauthier is like, whatever. <laughs> he can do what he wants. He's going to get criticism for it, um, which I'm, for most Flyers fans is warranted. But it's kind of a shitty situation all around because, you know, I mean, I guess Gauthier benefits from going to the West coast, but, um, a lot of people, uh, long-term plans, whether it's fans, the organization, what have you all kind of get, you know, thrown out the window because of a deal like this, this front office though, didn't draft Gautier, right? I actually don't believe so. Right. Cause, Cause when Danny Gautier was 22 guys, and yeah. Breer came in this past spring, I think. Yeah. So that was my whole thing of like, he's not their guy. That's number one. Um, but again, I agree with you. Like he's shown so much promise at BC. He just led the yeah. World Juniors in scoring. Like, yeah. Uh, I, I and mean, even if he's clear. even if he's not even if he's not your guy, like he's raised his stock of being like oh, he's like, good. He yeah, he is. You know, I think you hit on him again. We'll see what happens to the rest of the class of twenty twenty two. But like, um, you look at some of those other guys who are maybe up in the NHL now or there. Um, Gautier's probably got the most hype among that group right now in terms of just how he's playing um, and what his potential is, at least from what we've seen so far. So, yeah. And I'm curious Drysdale with, An- you know, coming out of Anaheim, they're defensively not as great, right? Like sort of that Shattenkirk Lindholm effect of you leave and then you sort of find your way. So I'm curious about that. But my biggest takeaway from this overall, and maybe it's because you and I are in the media. So that's what I look to first. How did this never get out? How did that rumor never get out? And I and and the Flyers said it multiple times on Monday night, uh, talking about how you know thanking other general managers and front offices for not, you know, spreading the word and and putting that out there because that would have lowered the price. I mean, you could have got Gautier for pennies on the dollar, right. and I mean, even in this trade with the Flyers kind of up against the wall, they still got a second round pick and they got a former sixth overall pick from twenty twenty who at least is a proven NHL defenseman with some upside, right? Like, if that Gautier news gets out a couple weeks ago or over the summer, that trade is way less. You're not getting anything for him because teams right. know you're over a, over a barrel. So uh, I'm curious to hear what the Gautier side is. Like, you know, did w- what was the reasoning for ghosting your NHL team? Like, you would think at least you would communicate, hey, I don't want to play here. Can we work something out? We won't leak anything. But to just... Uh, according to the Flyers, ghost them. I, I that 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 blows me away. That blows yeah. me away. Especially uh, a team like Philly. Like again, not not a huge fan of Philly, but it's a major market. Very passionate fan. Like there's a lot worse yes. teams you could be like, fuck this when you, get to put that, <laughs> when you put that cap on when you get drafted. But each their own, I guess, right? 
No, I agree. I, I, I completely agree with you. I think that, you know, and then when you start to get into this, like picking the team you're going to play for, it gets dicey, right? Remember with like Jimmy VC, like it's a very, it doesn't always work out. And I think that that's a dangerous game to play. Uh, but again, Cutter Gauthier going to go to Anaheim. Um, and my guess is this will be his final year at BC. My guess is that he goes off to Anaheim uh, at the end of the year. Um, anyways, Bruins, uh, close game, a good game on Monday night. Uh, they lose 4-3 in a shootout to Colorado. Uh, they play Arizona Tuesday night. We're recording this Tuesday afternoon. I know we can't keep up with the Bruins right now. Uh, but at least, you know, against Colorado, at least they get a point out of it. Um, which, again, I think, you know, again, first game on the road against a really good team. It's hard to be angry at that, right? Yeah, no. I mean, I think Jim Montgomery kind of said it best where they were. I, I think he said they were satisfied with getting a point out of that game. I think when you play uh, a team like Colorado and how dangerous they are. And, uh, you saw it firsthand. Uh, Nathan Kinnon, holy shit. That's terrible. Wow. <laughs> oh, my dude. God. He gets a little yeah. speed coming out of his own zone, and it's like yeah. – Get off the tracks. Yeah, it's same with him. Same with Makar. Uh, you saw like that one power play goal where I think it the it was Makar McKinnon uh, ranting in like like oh okay you, you see them on like the highlights every night what have you watch him in person or watch him on TV for a full game and you're like uh, I I see where the uh, the hype is there so really good team uh, Bruins again didn't really play like their best they took a bunch of penalties which is a bad idea when you're playing against a team like Colorado um, a lot of miscues in the D zone still but um it's kind of what we've seen all year from this team that even like you know when they don't have their their a game they're at least generally in in some of these games um you know they're they're gutting through things there um you know they were five or six on the pk uh without Brennan carlo for most of the game um you know come back from uh a one goal deficit twice in the game you have other guys contributing on the score sheet like johnny beach are really strong showing Swayman was good. Marshan led the way. So, again, would you have liked to have two points? Yeah, you'd love to have, you know, maybe come away with a, a win in the skills competition and the shootout. Um, I know people were mad about that that Pasternak shot, but, uh, you know, what, what what can you do there, I guess, right? Uh, I guess you can't do that with his little, like, fake, you know, shot where he just whips it across. Uh, can't do that every single time. He's not like depressed doing that that one shootout move every time that seems to work. But um, I think all things considered, though, when you look at just the opponent – the fact that it wasn't really a pretty game, but the Bruins stuck with it, didn't let the game kind of get off the rails, which can happen in a hurry when you play against a team like the Avalanche. I think you, you probably take the the one point if you're the Bruins, at least for right now. I agree. The posture knock shootout thing was interesting because at the time I, I watched it and I was like, what's he doing? Like on the first glance, I'm like, what is that? He just it looks like he just came in and like like in warm-ups, you just throw a shot on the goalie and just kind of skate away. But, you know, as I watched it again and again, I was like, oh, it is clear that he knows other goalies know that he's coming in with that whip shot that, yeah. you know, he's coming in. He's like, I'm just going to try to surprise him. And he, you could see Georgiev kind of said something to him as he went by him. Uh, probably something along the lines of like, you weren't going to, you weren't going to fool me with that. Um, and DeBrusque's interesting too, because DeBrusque has that little shootout move. He always does where he flips it this time. And we've seen the last couple attempts. I think he knows that goalies know about this. So he tries to do something else. And on that play last night, Georgiev stepped up and and uh, intercepted it. So, yeah, love the skills competition uh, with that. Um, but I agree. Good to come away with a point. Wasn't their best night. Uh, Brennan Carlo, though, was ruled out, uh, I think it was either midway or after the second period. After the second um, period. Yeah. yeah, right after. Uh, it hits at a bigger thing. You cannot afford to lose him. 
because he's just been so good this year. I think a lot of these players you've needed to step up, your Coils, your Carlos, your Fredericks, are playing their best. And if you lose a guy like Carlo for any stretch of time, I mean, that throws your defense way out of whack. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, we'll see what the updates are. We're recording this, you know, before the, the game against the Arizona Coyotes on Tuesday night. So Montgomery could be like, yeah, he's back in. He's day to day, what have you. We'll see kind of what the long term outlook is. But I think just talking about Carlo and just reinforcing how important he is to this team. Um, as you said, you can look at the Postanox, the Martians, the Coils, those guys that have been really steady and productive all year long. But I think the case could be made that Brennan Carlo is your most consistent defenseman this year. I mean, he's played. Every game up to this point, um, he's, you know, uh, chipped in offensively. It's not what he's known for, but he's been solid. He's not just been kind of a black hole on offense like maybe people would, uh, you know, label him as. But the bread and butter of his game is still his, uh, you know, work in the D zone, whether it's anchoring, you know, the best uh, PK unit in the league, you know, leading the, leading the team in minutes there. I think he's leading the team in block shots, um, handed really taxing minutes night in and night out. And he's been, you know, I think playing kind of the best hockey of his career. Um, probably the best I've seen him probably since. Uh, he was, he was, you know, rock solid in 2019 in the, the playoffs there. But in terms of just how consistent he's been, um, for all those minutes he's he gets against top six opponents in the D zone, uh, he, that's a guy whose highlight reel should be filled with, um, you know, being out there for a few tough goals against and, you know, just being on the, the wrong side of really, really tough matchups. It really hasn't been the case that much over, I think, the last two years, especially. He was great last year, and I think he's built that this year. So um, if he is hurt, you know, uh, ideally it's, you know, something that's not very long-term. This is a guy who's had injury history in the past, but he seems to have generally navigated that pretty well over the last couple of years, and it hasn't really uh, taken away his momentum of, of just how well he's been playing. So um, we'll keep tabs on it, see what it is. But any extended loss for him would be huge for this team, uh, just in terms of how important he is. Huge. And I, the other thing is, like, he's so good in his own zone, but he's also so good at preventing the other team from entering his own zone and getting yeah. clean zone entries. And I think that's such a big, and I know the Bruins have that as a point of emphasis, but it's such a big thing because it limits so, I mean, the amount of times guys come down on him and he steps up, is, is, is aggressive at his own blue line, and they've got to dump it in, and they can't get that clean zone entry is huge. And I think... The way he's played this year, and you said it like last year too, he's been so valuable. I've never understood. I mean, I know he had a couple down years there from where I think people expected him to go, which is where he is now. But I've never, you know, the last couple years, I've never understood like the, oh, he's not worth it. He is clearly worth it. I mean, yeah. just watch a full game of, watch a shift of Brandon Carlo, uh, and you will see the worth. Again, yeah, he's not, you know, scoring dynamite goals, although he did have a nice one the, a couple games ago, the slap shot from the point. And like, when Brandon Carlo does score, it is like a huge event. It, 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 I mean, there should be like a national holiday the next day. It's like, holy crap. Uh, he, he put one in the back of the net, but, um, Anyways, you know, it's funny. If you really were feeling crazy, you could go place an anytime goal score bet on Brandon Carlo. And let me tell you, if that hits, you're making some money. Uh, but anyways, uh, here's a quick word from our friends over at FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, including live same-game parlays, finding bets in the new Explore tab, or making a parlay in the Parlay Hub. 
And frankly, that's the best part about FanDuel, is that you can bet on anything. You want to wager on how many points Jason Tatum is going to drop that night? Be my guest. Maybe which team is going to hoist the Lombardi Trophy next month? Go for it. You can really do it all. So bet now on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in mass. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at FanDuel.com sportsbook. Gambling problem? Hope is here. Go to gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. Go to gamesensema.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. So, Connor, I don't know if you saw, just going back to that Cutter Gauthier situation just really quick, because, again, it involves a local guy, not just Cutter Gauthier, but Kevin Hayes. I don't know if you saw the... Um, the clip of those guys from Philly saying that this was Kev- this had Kevin Hayes like fingerprints all over. Did you see that? Uh, I I saw some of the discourse on Twitter. I did not know what the who who caused it or anything like that. But I, I generally know what you're talking about in terms of people looping Kevin Hayes in on this as the mastermind yeah. behind this. So yeah, Kevin Hayes had his you know because he really wanted Carter uh, Gauthier to go to Anaheim. Uh, but so anyway, Ke- Kevin Hayes was asked about that this morning. Did you see these quotes? I did, yes. Okay, oh, for the listeners who maybe haven't or, you know, uh, he said, yeah, I think it's complete bullshit, honestly. I think those two guys acted like complete pieces of shit, to be honest, making shit up. Now I'm going to be, now I'm going to bed and waking up with death threats and people want my family dead and people that are happy that my brother's dead. I think it's completely insane that this guy can say something like that. I honestly heard it and started laughing. Who the fuck am I to have influence on if a kid uh, plays for an NHL team or not? I don't have that influence. So uh, I believe Kevin Hayes there. I think Kevin yeah. Hayes is, uh, I think he's is, is right to shoot that down. Um, I like the, uh, the the pieces of shit, you know, the com- with my two complete uh, pieces of horse with the, the I think you should leave skit. Um, yes. so that kind of reminded me of that a little bit. Um, but Anyways, I just saw those when we were, when the ad was playing. I saw those on Twitter, and I was like, damn. Um, so good for Kevin Hayes for standing up for himself in that situation. Uh, speaking of veterans in the NHL who uh, are certainly uh, ones to speak their mind, uh, Brad Marchand. So we're about halfway through the season. On Bruins Beat, we discussed David Pasternak's heart candidacy. Uh, Brad Marchand, it's his first year as captain. We're about like halfway through. And, you know, he gets two goals on uh, on Monday night against the Avs. And the production's been there, even when it wasn't. Uh, you know, he was still creating chances. Uh, but what have you thought of his uh, first season as captain? Yeah, no, I, I think he's been solid. Um, I think the production is definitely ramping up. I think he's got 10 points in his last eight games, almost at a point-per-game pace. So um, any concerns over... Um, his, you know, standing as a top six fixture, I think you don't really have to worry about that. He's still playing at a very high level, even coming off of uh, double hip surgery a few years ago. Um, has definitely, I think, left a, a different, you know, his own stamp on the captaincy, right? Like people talked about, you know, going from Chara to Bergeron to Marshaim, what's it going to look like? Um, still sometimes lets the emotions get the best of him in terms of some ill-advised penalties, as we all, I think, expected from Marshaim, but uh, from the you know flip side of that same coin, um, I think that emotion intensity he plays with also I think resonates with um, his teammates out there. It's something I talked about I think a little earlier on where um, you look at this team and yes, they've had a couple of pretty rough games out there, but 
even in some of these games where they come up short, where you're like, all right, they should probably burn the tape after it, whether it's the six, five game to Pittsburgh, you know, the seven, uh, four game to the Rangers. Um, they always never seem to be completely out of it. They don't get like run out of the building on most nights. And the only time it was ever like that was that weird, uh, road game in Columbus where they just were completely out of gas. We are like, all right, that, I don't know what's going on here, but, um, for a lot of these games that even when things kind of go awry or the D zones uh, leaving a lot to be desired or the offense isn't there and the goaltending and defense is picking them up. Um, they always never seem to be completely out of these games and are able to kind of stay off the ropes um, even when they're not really playing their a game. And I think that sure seems like kind of a hallmark of a Martian led team in terms of, you know, not putting your foot up, you know, taking your foot off the gas, uh, you know, staying within the game and, you know, not letting it get away from you, which can happen in a hurry in, in this league uh, when you're playing against uh, teams like this. So um, yeah, I, I think it's, he's been really good, you know, in terms of his individual play, but I think his imprint his, uh, his the way he carries himself. I think it's easy to see how that I think has resonated with a team that people didn't think were going to have a lot of high expectations going into the, this year. But as we debate, you know, whether they're a true contender, are they really a number one team in the East? They're at least uh, building a identity as being a really tough out, in a game, a series, uh, what have you. I think that's just how they're built. And I just, to me, he symbolizes the whole team, and I want to get to that point in a second. But first, Connor, a quick word from our friends over at Factor Meals. Now I'm hungry. Now you got me all hungry after listening to that. Are you kidding me? Um, Sorry, man. But anyways, it's funny. The Marshand, you think about this team, right? We've talked about this a lot. But – you know, they're a defense goaltending first type team. They're going to, you know, edge out teams three to two, two to one. That's kind of their identity. That's Marshan's sort of identity as a whole, right? I mean, he's, he produces a ton, but he's not a guy that's going to dangle through a whole team. He's not this, you know, all world. I mean, he's got great skill, but he's not, you know, like a, like a Pasternacker or, or uh, you know, a, 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 like a Makar or a Panarin or something. He gets his chances because he works his ass off. His compete is what defines him. And that's sort of this team. Like, and they've taken on, as you said, they, they've taken on that identity of they are going to grit out teams a lot of these nights. Now, they're not they're not as physical as would like them to be or things like that, but they just find ways. You even look at, like, uh, Marshan's second goal on Monday night, right? Just drives the net. Coyle makes an awesome pass to the front. It just bounces off Marshan and in. That's them. And that's good. There's nothing wrong with that. Those teams do have playoff success. Um, so I agree that, that they've sort of taken on the identity uh, that Marshan kind of has himself. Um, Johnny Beecher, good to see him get on the score sheet on Monday night. Uh, he'd kind of been in the doghouse for a little bit, uh, but comes out, makes a, you know, a, a really nice play on that goal. That fourth line, I thought, played pretty well uh, against a good Colorado team. Boquist, uh, the addition there. So uh, I wonder, like, can, can Beecher continue this? And, and you know, I think that kind of hits at the other thing of, like, these younger guys are going to have stretches where they're a little more invisible and and it stinks for Montgomery because you've got to figure out when they're going to be invisible and all that stuff. But uh, to see uh, Beecher kind of get on the score sheet encouraging on, on Monday night. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's all things considered has probably been their most consistent player uh, on on that fourth line this year. And it's been kind of a carousel of different players out there. But, um, you know, gets scratched and I think two out of his last three games really it only averaged like. I think under six minutes in those last two games that he did play. So it really wasn't even uh, factored really heavily into the game plan at all. Um, Factor yeah, meals. Really, there you go. There you go. <laughs> thanks, thanks for the, uh, thanks for the shout out. Uh, but no, I, I think in that game against Colorado, you know, he starts it off by having that really, you know, heavy hit against Devontae's on the four check. 
scores the goal, obviously. Um, but you know, played I think over three minutes on the PK, uh, blocked two shots, won seven out of his nine faceoffs. Which again, you look at this team, and one of their major issues has been faceoffs as of late. Even if like uh, Johnny Beecher's, you know, his play in the ozone it has kind of hit a wall, or there's other things he needs to work on. He's so good at faceoffs. I think you still have to carve out a pretty solid uh, chunk of minutes there for him somewhere uh, in that lineup uh, on the fourth line. So, um, yeah, I think good for Beecher. As he said, these younger guys are going to go through these lulls here in the, the dog age of the year anyway. You're not really running off adrenaline like you were maybe in October or November. Um, but I, I think it was really encouraging to see him kind of get back on track. And you hope that other guys, whether it's Steen or like Lauko, who's kind of, uh, you know, still looking for that first goal, um, you hope that eventually those guys start getting a little bit more rewarded here and start stringing together some good shifts because you need to find some level of cohesion, some sort of identity with that fourth line. Cause it does seem like right now it's still kind of a, a mix and match of different players all trying to kind of find their individual games before they can become a cohesive, you know, uh, three-man unit out there. And they need to be used. Like, you need to find yeah. a, a, a trio that can be used. I did notice Montgomery had them on the ice with under five minutes left uh, in Monday's game. So again, that's encouraging. Um, and again, they got to earn it. I've said it all. We've said it all along. Like, you know, they shouldn't just be guaranteed 15 minutes of ice time. You have to earn that. And I think um, as that becomes a point of emphasis, I think uh, hopefully for them, they find a trio that that works. Uh, but anyways, Connor, that has been this episode of Poke the Bear. Again, I know we're sorry. We're doing it before the Arizona game. Uh, what a game that was. The stars were out. I mean, it was just, you know, the fans Unreal. were really loud. Fantastic. And it was, some are it was saying it's the best game. game of the entire season. So we'll see Ooh. what actually happens. I know. Some were saying this, yes. Uh, I'm going to guess that the Bruins won 4-2. to two. That's what I'm going to say. I'm gonna, do you, you want to throw one out there? I'm going to say a nice uh, 7-1 win. The <laughs> 7-1 drubbing okay all right that's what happened so uh if it didn't happen it did you we have the script i the, the script is script is right here see this is the script yes um so uh you know bruins did it was either 4-2 or 7-1 they're, they're still deciding on the ending i think it's gonna be last minute when they it's kind of like a goose it's like a goosebumps one where you kind of you can like change your own you choose your own kind of ending adventure okay. yes so they yes. tell them in the they tell them uh, in the in second intermission they bring the coaches together and it's like guys, flip to page thirty eight. <laughs> like one of the teams, like God damn it, that's what they do. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, that's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. Connor, what can the people look forward to from you, uh, uh, the Globe and Boston.com? Yeah, I uh, follow. You can follow me over there for everything from game recaps, features, columns, breakdowns, all that good stuff over Boston.com. So you can find all my stuff there. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Go do all that. Connor Ryan, Evan Marinovsky, Poke Bear listeners. Have a great rest of your week.